Right, so this is episode 55 then, and uh, obviously we have got Pete Fletcher on as usual. How are you doing, mate? Doing well, doing well, man. How about yourself? How's, how's everything uh, yeah, going? I'm, yeah, pretty good, man. It's going pretty good, yeah, getting things sorted. Um, but yeah, we've also got, uh, very pleased to say, obviously, Robert Harvey back on this week. So how are you doing, mate? I do, boys. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Uh, all is good. And um, yeah, thanks for having us back on. It's a, a pleasure. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime at all. Anytime at all. Um, first question, I suppose, or first thing to say is uh, four months to show. Yeah, <laughs> excited, <laughs> absolutely terrified. <laughs> Everybody ready? Everybody set? Uh, I mean, it's just it's just like kind of mentally preparing for the the energy of it. It's going to be a. It's just been so long since we've done it that I mean, I think we'll be able to do it. It's just a preparing yourself for the encounter oh yeah <laughs> and like from from my point of view it's I, I i seriously have to become somebody else i can't just like go on as like this guy <laughs> Do you know I mean? like, i've got to go on and, and it's been a while since i've been like that so yeah it's although i've done a bit of touring you know over the years recently like it's it's a that's a different role this role is it's a yeah it's almost trance like before you go on you've got to get yourself in a, into a position yeah like i i know for and this is a such a small comparison but um when i do public speaking i'll go to like a trade show for example and i'll have like five different sessions that i have to present and so it's standing for an hour and talking for an hour and you do five of those and it's just like exhausting and just being just talking so much for so long at the end of the day i just want to die but yeah. now are you talking about singing <laughs> for that long like projecting that much there's so much endurance involved with that so my question is are you conditioning for that or is that just something that you're already you know you're fine with well <laughs> i mean I, I was thinking about it the other day like um you know if you were to speak to a footballer after their 10 years after their peak and then go okay go do what you used to do 10 years ago <laughs> but you know like, they'd be like oh, shut up yeah, sure. <laughs> um which you know and i guess no i don't, I don't think people are expecting us to be like when we were 27 and 28 or whatever but you know i think we all want to put on a show i, I want to make it feel exciting and I, I it's not the kind of show you can cruise through it's such intensity that you can't half do bits you can't blag it no it's you gotta be like you know oh, you know in it like 10 toes both feet in um so yeah, it's exciting, but it's just going to be hard getting ready for it. So we have lots of running and I started skipping again recently to get my feet moving again. <laughs> so the dancing and <laughs> those stuff. Dances, those dances, um, dance moves. Yeah, I guess it's like boxing training without actually getting hit or hitting anyone. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that. I'm just treating it like that. And I know the rest of the lads, they're doing their, what they can with their bits. I know Adam did a stream the other day with the, the last dance and that's like perfect preparation for him. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah, that was yeah, a lot of fun. I, I love, yeah, it was a lot of fun that I got some got some really interesting feedback about that. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's just that excited trepidation, um, but wanting to be like guaranteed to be ready. So that's just like it's just a perfect way of getting into it. And as I actually said, like on the previous episode, even though it were only sort of a digital stream, there was still I still had like stage nerves, which <laughs> honestly, like proper pacing around like with stage nerves, and I just thought this is perfect this because i am going to be shitting myself <laughs> so this is at least a little bit of a dry run ease into the fact that i'm suddenly going to go oh my 
fucking god this is gonna be fucking scary all right <laughs> you missed it it was uh before we he did the live stream we were practicing uh we were just on a zoom and and he was just like uh he's like oh maybe i should try this and he set it up for the very first time and you know hey he has his headphones on so he can hear it loud and he just starts ripping he's playing uh truth uh from the last dance and he's doing the solo and he's just like killing it and he's like you could just tell like he's super vibed it's the first time he's experienced it and and you could just see the look on his face like it's almost like he's on stage and then you hear you say mr adam nutter (laughs) and and he's like thanks rob (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was kind of funny yeah i mean i I think it'll, I mean, to be honest, when we first got back in and, and started jamming, like whenever that was, 2020 or 20, yeah, um, it felt, you know, pretty good already. Yeah. It, 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 like, it didn't, you didn't, we didn't play, and go, oh God, we can't do this. You're like, oh, this is going to be all right. It's just more about, you know, Adam and Stu getting their fingers ready and, and, because Phil's got a hell of a job as well there. You know, he's got a lot of, got a lot of kind of, it's the stamina he's got to have in his in his arms, and it's just he's just insane. Um, so it's just it's, it's a question of stamina, and I know we're not old, but you can't ten years is ten years. You can't really afford that. Have you practiced your guitar yeah. parts? Because I know you have a few guitar parts as well. I mean, I I, I do play, I still play a lot of guitar. Like my guitar's oh, yeah. work is probably as as good as it can be. To be honest, I have to learn the parts a bit more, but. And it's never really, never really been. There's a couple of instrumentals that, that if we do, I have to kind of because they're like 12 minutes long. I remember the parts, but you know, for the most part, what I do uh, in the songs is not that mind blowing or difficult. Anyway, it's very much a texture and an, an accompaniment. Yeah. Um, so that that won't be a problem. But the, but the vocal and the the fitness side of it is is going to be yeah, it's going to require a lot. Yeah, you've definitely been playing guitar still. I, I see you on Instagram, and uh, every every once in a while, you spit out like some original stuff, which is pretty amazing. I know there was one in particular that I love, which was uh, "It's You I Miss," and I know I know Jill Curry like produced a song for it and everything, but I just love the acoustic version that you spit out on Instagram. It's like it's, so, it's got such a cool sound to it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 a different it's a different beast, but I guess I don't know. Songs are. I find super interesting because you it's um you learn so much about yourself with different people. Like certain people can unlock things that you didn't even know existed. Um but yeah, I mean I we'll get into songwriting again for yeah. strength as we go into this, but yeah, and it's just it's amazing what different people can do for you with you know you can you can write in a room with some people and you're like even people you like and who are really good and you're like, this is a terrible song. Mm. And then yeah. you, the next day you can be with someone else and you're like, why, why is it working today? There's well, that chemistry. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting and it makes an easy segue into the sort of topics that I want to talk about really because I started addressing strength in a previous episode from the sort of point of view of how it kind of fitted into sort of our timeline in terms of we approach things in a in a very different way and it was kind of, you know, I came, I came at it from the angle of I was jaded with the way I were playing guitar and how the way I play guitar sounded over everyone else. Do you know what I mean? And then that's what kind of prompted me to become more interested in making other sounds. Do you know what I mean? And I sort of talked about how, that, how I worried, certainly from my point of view, that some people would be like, well it needs to be guitar driven or whatever. When I was just like, well, yeah, I'm just playing guitar in the same way though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And 
uh, I saw, I wanted to talk about the, the process. We got into me and you saw so lots away in my uh, studio in house, just writing these songs in reverse almost and how we were writing the songs and working on and working on the melodies and the lyrics and everything and, and putting them together and, and sort of why, why we had to do that really. And so I thought it'd be interesting to have, to have your perspective on it. And um, as I say, the, the, the things that put us in that situation, even though some of them were kind of negative, if you want, in the terms of, well, this isn't working anymore, is it? So we've got to find another way of making this working, uh, making this work. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I thought we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think as there was a we were we all changed. I, I I went through a lot because I think obviously I can't talk for you you guys, but for me the big change was that I, I started to change my lifestyle. So I was no longer you know smoking pillowcases of weed. I was um, you know pillowcases. You know, I'd, I'd come out of rehab. I would I would stop drinking like. I was a completely different person and I was writing from a sober perspective. So that is that's completely different. But it reminded me a lot of when me and you first started working together, like you know, when we were 15, whatever, 16. Mm-hmm. Like Because before we were even really in the band, me and you would just play and write songs anyway. So although the those first, I guess, one and a half albums – because, and interestingly, this the second the end so the end of the second album almost is like the third album because mm-hmm. we were kind of sent to America to do Welcome to the North and we think we had like six seven ideas and we had to think on our feet and just rattle them out while we're out there and that involved me and Adam sat in a car park with the, an acoustic just trying to write a song knowing that yeah. well fucking I don't think this is any good but feels all right let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's how and you then, open your mind, right? That was open yeah, your mind. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Um, and so it, it didn't feel alien, I don't think, to me and Adam, because I thought, and I've always wanted, you know, some help with lyrics and melodies. And Adam's always had a great taste for music and all. You, know, you can't play guitar like that if you don't understand melody. Okay. So it was really good for us to gel a bit more on the lyric. I mean, sometimes, it, it, you know, he'd send me through an instrumental and I'd work on it a bit at home. And then I'd come round to his and I'd be like, I've got this idea. And then we'd finish it together. I would do, like he'd say, I've got this riff and a beat. And then we'd work on the song together. It was good. It was a good process. Difficult because, you know, being transparent, it's hard to not feel like there's a a sense of hanging on a little bit because what made the music special is that there was not that much thought. Mm. It was something happening through us rather than, I never really felt like it was like a, you know, an intellectual decision whenever we made music, it just yeah. sort of that came out. Just came out. Yeah. Um, That's why we all felt we were stealing a living at some point. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just like, this is too easy and people love it. Do you know? yeah. <laughs> so then suddenly we were having to think a little bit more, um, which is an interesting process because it starts to be a bit more structured. And, you know, you, you can tell from parts of album two that some of the songs are, are a little more, although, you know, I think it's Long Road and, you know, get away and the people yeah, it has pop elements but the structuring of it felt a bit more direct which mm-hmm. which i loved because I, I love pop music and i i was in a place then where i didn't want to wig out anymore like you know playing the same riff for five minutes now then we're just like why the fuck would i do that mm-hmm. so i mean i like let's this bit and let's get to the message and get like the chorus in and let's have it slap in there and obviously it took um it was just a slightly different process and then we had to take the demos um you know, Adam was essentially pre-pre- pre-producing those 
records for that third album. Um, you know, and we're building and layer, layering, layering them at his, and then we'd take them to Phil and Stu, and then they'd kind of go into their worlds and, you know, put their own spin on stuff. So this was early days, like, you know, I know internet was around and I know, but like, w- w- just from a technical perspective, what were you guys doing to share files? What was the process? Well, I mean, but back when we did this, we were just in my living room, in my bedroom, do you know what I mean? In On Pro Tools. It was, it was just emails, wasn't it? I was just bouncing them, yeah. I mean, now you say that, yeah. I think I was just bouncing them as MP3s and attaching them to emails. Um, but like I was, talk- I was telling the story. Effectively, I took drugs as an example. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I took the song drugs. <laughs> I'm perfectly up for that. Uh, took the song drugs as an example. So I remember vividly you just having that very basic beat, and then you had the verse melody, and you were doing that verse melody and that verse groove, and there was still that bit, and there was still that just that beat going. And then you did the chorus, but in a lower key, yeah. in, a sim- in a similar vein to what you were doing the verse, and you were yeah. doing that. And I literally just went, hang on, fucking stop. Put a big fucking D there and a big G, and it's just going to absolutely, like, the emotional release is going to be yeah. insane. And um, I, I really remember quite fondly, like, getting on, getting on those things. Because you know? still to this day, for me, I know better than getting on a great idea you know what i mean and like doing it with someone else as well and especially when we'd all do that all four together but obviously explaining the reasons why that sort of didn't work as well as it did but i mean you know following on as well i also touched on how it it was quite difficult um you know sort of considering phil and Stu and sort of how you know reversing the process do you know what i mean although they were absolutely fine because they knew that it was just about getting something that we could bring to them to then start building but yeah, I, uh, the process I found really exciting and exhilarating, having a bit more control, you know, because it's one thing, obviously I've talked a lot about, which I love love your voice, listening to your melodies and stuff like that. So it's one thing being in a practice room doing that and going, oh, that's great. I hope he does that again. But actually being able to go, right, you know, let's do that again, because yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. that's the core of the emotional pull of the song here. And especially yeah. with drugs, we've got this really cool, low, um, groovy vocal going on and then it just goes into that huge emotional, emotional release and that'll be another moment where I'm like well you know that vocal that you're doing low there can you do that like an octave higher <laughs> and you're just like oh you bastard <laughs> all, I was thinking about this the other day all like all and, and if uh, I, I used to have these moments more when I was younger than I do now but if there's something exciting you're just like oh yeah I'll do that and then you and you do it and because you're so taken by the moment, you're not thinking technically, am I going to be able to do this for the next four years of my life every night? And then, you know, then you get to practice and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's just quite hard to do that. <laughs> and I don't feel as hyped about it now as when we were writing it. <laughs> uh, wait, you want um, me to play solo again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, never again. <laughs> um, but this, you know, in terms of sentiment, for from my point of view, and I'm sure Adam were feeling it too because we were, I guess we were all going through a, a certain sense of rebuilding. But I'd come from such a low point that, to be honest with you, like strength in numbers, you know, I wrote the lyrics to Fire in the Priory. Mm. I wrote those lyrics. Mm. Yeah, I'm sensible. I want peace. I believe it's still inside of me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that, like, it was trying to convince myself that I'm still strong. Um, and you know, you have to practice being strong to get stronger. So like that whole thing for me was like trying to prove, and, and I'm guess we all felt like it felt like it a bit, but it was about trying to prove to myself that I could do it again to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my um, strength was 
bigger than my problems. And that album really allowed me to, I don't know what the word is, kind of, um, it, it, it facilitated that moment yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, drugs, for example, you know, because growing up, growing up is weird when you come from a northern town and it's even weirder when you get thrown into a band at 18 that tours the world. Mm. You're into fucking shed. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing loads of like kind of not, we didn't do anything too hardcore in terms of drugs, but we did a lot of it. And, you know, growing up, it was like, you don't do that. That's terrible for you. Can't yeah. do that. Don't do that. They're terrible. Those things. So like, okay, I won't do that. Um, and then your head gets messed up and then everyone goes, you take these drugs. I love you get better. And I remember just thinking, eh, but that when you say, when he's in his hands, you say, I can't yeah. do it. And then when it sees that, and it's like, what? Well, and then it's suddenly okay. So that's where the kind of whole drugs thing came from. It's like the hypocrisy of, of drugs. Some drugs are all right yeah, if yeah. that person gives you them, but these drugs are if this person gives you them. And, you know, and then I guess, you know, that kind of thing of, you know, give give them what they want. You know, I remember Adam, I think you came up with the lyric, life is just a game. Like it's, it's whatever gets you through the day. Do you know what I mean? So we all have a pot, we all have our poison. Um, some people it's, running for some people it's you know shooting heroin like not that i'd recommend shooting heroin but <laughs> it's still something that some people need to get through the day though and like <laughs> I, I it just the hypocrisy of it is was what drove that song um the irony as well is especially if you look at a kind of especially places in america and how effectively oh, yeah. take cannabis for example is now being heavily monetized as exactly. soon as you can monetize it you're allowed it. Do you know what I mean? As soon yeah. as the wider machine can make money off it. I mean, I'm not turning it into that debate, but you, you know what I'm saying? And that I think that extends into the point that was made through those lyrics anyway, is, you know, what just because it's got an FDA-approved stamp on it, does that mean it's any different to a natural thing that's grown out of the bloody earth? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other beast. It is, but... it is yeah. I mean, uh, do you remember... I know the guy to talk about it with. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the I think one of the earliest sort of steps into what became the third album and that sort of whole sound I think if you remember was it was Idol because what we did was I think Fire Fire was a song for me on the third album that kind of links everything do you know what I mean because Fire was written in the old way as well wanted do you know what I mean in terms of the jam and everything but if you remember we actually started that process with with Idol as well which was as I was talking about previously, it was trying to create something that made you react differently. Do you know what I mean? And that's what Idol was. It was like just making lots of Depeche Mode and Massive Attack going through my head and stuff. Oh, yeah. and it was just, just about making sounds that would make you do something different. Do you know what I mean? And as I said at the time, or as I said in the previous episode, rather, what kind of struck me at the time was how much we were struggling to create. And as a result, obviously you were. Um, but then... You know, we they took we t- take you out of our environment and put you just doing that song with Express Two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And suddenly there you are doing stuff where you're like, well, that's banging. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that I mean that's kind of what we're going through in my head to a degree. Was as much as I was jaded with my guitar sound, it coincided with you obviously needing yeah. a different a different thing to respond to. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you know, we even made those little cool videos. I sort of knocked together and ed- edited up with your camera and that. And um, mm. that, I mean, that's how I remember the process starting anyway. But I think Idol's another good example of the different process and the results that it kind of yielded, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. We, I think we'd all, I mean, I think I, I, I would imagine the same for Phil and Stu. I think, you know, we've all got such eclectic taste in music as well so you know i've always really loved radiohead and when i heard um 
the beat that you did, the an idol. I was just like, "Whoa, this is it's cool," and, and they're that really dark acoustic. Very. On it. I was just like, "I'm going in. I'm going spooky on this one. Like, I'm not going to be. Ah, this one's going like I'm whispering. You know, I'm like it. It, it was felt like a different pocket for me to sit in, and I think that that really. I think you're right, Adam. It, it, it was a really good opportunity for us to discover different parts of our creativity. It wasn't just about, you know, what you typically expect from, you know, the music. It was slightly different tilt on stuff, especially me vocally, because my voice would, would, had changed then. Mm. You know, the, I, I was starting to use a bit more dynamic mm. and I never really um, utilised the lower range of my voice. Because I didn't have one. <laughs> do, you, do you think? Do you, do you think that was? Do you think that was through necessity? Do you think that you kind of felt that in yourself that you had to do that, or was it kind of an, a natural thing as well? Do you know what I mean? Was it kind of an organic process that side of it? Probably a bit of both, but it's interesting because someone, someone close to me actually said recently, well, Ross McCulley actually, he said that one of the fundamental differences he feels when he listens to the, the records is how you use your voice in the third record yeah. and it, it, it hadn't quite struck me at the time i don't think but i thought it was quite an interesting point well it, i was fitting into the sound as well mm. i mean like i can't really you know idle drugs starts pretty chilled um you know there's even i guess strength is probably more like the older stuff i was just about quite, to say yeah. quite i think strength, I, I remember i remember strength being the moment where i thought Ace, we're not going to have to really reinvent ourselves, yeah. if you know what I mean, because yeah. with songs like this, that you know, that's intrinsically the music, even if it's um, a little bit more. Well, I don't even know what you'd call it, whether you put your finger on it, but even though it's it, it, you know, it's still intrinsically the music, songs like mm-hmm. Strength, and they, they were really exciting to, to sort of to come up with as well. You know what I mean? To sit there putting it together because I mean, we did a lot of these in like one, two days, didn't we? Yeah. You know, something had happened and I've always felt that's been one of my strong points is when something happens, I back myself to be that guy that goes, right, something happened there. Do you know what I mean? So let's, yeah. we need to look at that because that, that fucking made me feel something. And 100%. that's all I ever want to chase is when you, something that happens that feels something. But mm. um, yeah, it was a much, much more controlled process in that regard. I mean, songs like Fire are by far like one of one of my favorite songs that you guys ever made and it's on the third album and it and it's definitely rings true to similar songs that you guys made in previous albums but then you have songs like the left side right so the left side is totally different has a really interesting sound and i absolutely love that song i love it when it kicks in but i just love the the different vibe that you take with your voice on that song like come over to the left side you know and i was like oh i don't even know what that means come over to the left side but i love the song it's it's just a slightly different take on because for, I, I, for my point of view has always been slightly uh, m- a lot of the lyrics I've written even from like day one I've always been like I think this is a lot of shit we're all we're all living a lie like you know it's, I, I was young at the time <laughs> I'm like wake the fuck up you know we can do better than this that's all that's literally always what's powered my lyrics I think that did connect with people at the time as well and, you know, I think, you know, one of the, you know, sort of jumping back, I think that's what makes the people work so well. Mm. It's a great voice, it's a great voice, a great vocal, it's a great groove, and it's got a strong message, like the people mm. change the way you live now. You don't have to elaborate mm. on that. No, no, it, no. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to say any more than it says. It says plenty, and it's also the way you say it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. Um, almost that sort of mantra-esque quality that you've had to, to your vocals. Yeah, and the 
there's still elements of that in the um, strength album, but it's more, I guess it's a bit more, slightly more fragile. And um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to motivate myself. But I'm not, I'm not going to just sit here and let this go to wasting watching. Then there's all my camera words. You know, it's like, I, I'm not, I can't let, I can't go back there. I have to get, I have to get through. I mean, then this get through it is another great example of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, fucking come on, man. Like, you've got to get your shit back together. <laughs> That's just the whole dragging myself back into like some sense of personal control um, because uh, we, we, we were I lost it. We were definitely both on the same kick there because, I mean, that's what, Inconceivable odds is, do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. one that me and you I fucking wrote. love that. I love that song and I loved that process, man. Yeah, I yeah. loved doing that with Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, that really does, like the lyrics all the way through that. And yeah, it, 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 it's just, for me, it's just, it was a brilliant, I love that whole process, even though, well, it, I mean, it wasn't even, that process wasn't tinged with any negativity for me. It was uh-huh. it was fueled with excitement and possibilities yeah. that had been dead. That's what we saw. <laughs> exciting about strength as a record really and it's very difficult or well it's very easy rather to um to become blinded to that and kind of just look at what happened uh, you know if you want to look at it in a cold light day what happened sales wise which was the moment for me where it were like oh shit well that didn't work did it Do you know what i mean even though prior to that moment you were like this is going to blow up this is going to but yeah. you know that is a that is a separate conversation is that really because i think <laughs> i think i think we were let down massively by some people and you know what has hit me i think the reason i realize how much we were let down by people is the amount of what i would consider our how hardcore fans who had no idea even to this day that we've got three records out Mm. there's plenty of them i'm still getting people who are like literally one of my favorite bands your two albums are like two fucking three <laughs> Yeah, they might just be, they might just be saying that they only like two. <laughs> well, that, you know, like you know, Peter, can't be. There's, there's no doubt. Great songs on the third album. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's, there's no doubt that I think for me the thing that I touched on when I talked about it was, and I think it kind of rings true live, is that some of those songs they don't really have the similar drama that we used to play <laughs> into our songs. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. none of the yeah. stuff of yeah too high and the kind of experimental kind of uh, instrumentation like phil doing mad stuff but yeah i mean that that's i mean that a lot of that is because we were we obviously we came at it from a different angle but i think you know me and you specifically as well me and you really wanted to be concise didn't we yeah. i think we were getting a massive kick out of going right here's a great verse yeah. If it needs a great bridge, it'll get one. But if not, it's a great fucking chorus. And we want verse, yeah. chorus, verse, chorus. Something exciting as a change and boom, chorus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. we just wanted to kind of focus much more on the song. And, I, and as a result, we were throwing these ideas out. And it touches on what you were saying earlier in regard to your processes with um, the many different people you write with. And I imagine that everyone will put you in a slightly different mindset and you will respond differently. And that was kind of what that record was for me. It, it was about pull, pulling us up um, and getting, like you say, getting a, that motivation, that grit and that response. And, you know, in, in, enthusiasm is infectious and me and you were locked, locked away coming up with these songs and then going, right, got something great, do you know what I mean? And sending it out there. Um but yeah, I know I've said quite a few points there, but um, it did. It, it has struck me that 
I don't think is I don't think a lot of our fans even realize that we've even made a third album. But you know, <laughs> that's that would be a quite a, a nice. I, I know I had that feeling because for the longest time I heard the two albums, and then you guys kind of dropped off the face of the earth, and I hadn't heard from you guys. And it took me it, the third album was out for years before I heard it, and uh, and, and I, yeah, yeah, it had been out for a while before I had heard it, and so I had a I was like, oh my goodness, it was like a discovering like this uh, this treasure because you know this is back before the time when Spotify or you know things were just more, social media wasn't as you know easy to share things so it just wasn't i didn't really uh pick up on it as, as quick but uh man inconceivable odds is just one of those songs that's like you know if you guys ever made like a like a documentary movie i feel like that would be like a pivotal moment type song where like because like this whole album i would totally define it as like a holding on like there you could tell there's like a there's a you know i, I feel like the attitude like you said is like we got to have fire. We got to get this. We got to get back in the game kind of feeling, but then inconceivable odds almost feels like you let go of that strength of, you know, that, that, that frustration type of part of it. And then it just becomes like this natural, beautiful. I think inconceivable odds for me is so emotional. Um, And one of my favorite things because it felt like, and this is quite painful to think about, but it's the fact that I think it's it's the last time me and you really connected creatively. Yeah. We were like, you know, obviously, I don't mean, obviously we went on and played more gigs, but like that, just that moment of cre- like cre- creating something, that's the, the last time where I felt like we did it and we were like, fuck, like that's, that's bigger than us. Like, what I don't know what just happened. And it, and we even tried to... I was just thinking the same thing. We tried to recreate it in the studio yeah. and it was just such a moment in your room when we did it that we couldn't even get close to it in the studio. I was we were like, why are we even trying to do this? Like, let's just, do, let's just put the, the demo on. Yeah. And I think we added... Phil and um, Stu added some bits to it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah in I, the studio. I was going to say exactly the same thing to you. Did um, did you end up redoing your vocals? Because I, I remember we tried and it just... I think I did. It just didn't, it didn't sound as good. We just, like you say, we just captured, uh, a, perfor- just captured a performance massively. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes when you're writing, sometimes when you're writing, you, you, you perform it better because you're in the lyric mm-hmm. right there and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you, 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 the lyric gets written down, and then you fucking sing it, you know. And that yeah. it's hard to recreate that, you know, six months down the line. Oh, let's all go in and re- write and record this album. It's like it's, sometimes it's hard to do, you know. And I don't really don't happen very often that, but that one felt. Um, I don't know if you remember that summer as well. The summer of two thousand and seven was so dark. It just cloudy the whole time. I remember just being like. Why, where's the sun? <laughs> yeah. um, feeling well weird that that in that summer when because I I lived walking distance from you then so I would just walk around and yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but they were they were great man. They were interesting times and we felt like we were fighting for our lives then. Yeah. Uh, really, and it were a little bit of you know we can still do this. Watchers, um, but we, you touched on it earlier and the discovery of strength when you had that did you do it on the andromeda or something i did it on the call triton yeah well triton that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Triton, yeah. The, when you had the sample and you you had the the pre-riff i remember um and i'd i'd had the i'd had the title strength in numbers for a while and um we when that when we got that because when you try to do something that's especially an album there has to be some kind of you know core that you base everything around that you hang everything off and that was that song when when we did that we were like okay we've got something that a is a single that we can show to the management label and go you know what do you think of this and 
and kind of shut them up. And then two, we could hang everything else off it as a kind of concept, if you like. Oh, this whole thing is going to be about that. So in our heads, without even really saying it, it's like, well, that that's the thing. Let's build something around that. Because um, that one just felt, you could imagine it live as well. It didn't feel alien to what our old sound was as well. It felt like it, it could sit side by side with the people or whatever. Um, and people would go, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I think it was interesting as well that we did, from my memory, I'm pretty sure we did Strength, and then, like the day after, we did Spike, and then the day after, we did No Weapon. We we literally, I'm pretty sure, we put them like the core of those together yeah. uh, on the bounds. And I'm pretty sure um, after that, I think we're cold blooded after that um, because yeah, that's, yeah, I was fucking around loads with the um, Reason one at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just making the, it a little bit. Is it the room. red drum in Reason or something? There was the there was the um the um arpeggiator in in seek in Reason. They're like dum 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 that that um yeah. that I was just obsessed with that and trying to make really bad dance music and then actually going, actually we could just use this <laughs> <laughs> Um so I think Spike came from that as well, did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very similar sort of view that sort of low sequencer and just coming up with like a, a cool melody and something that you could grab onto and i think that was that's what were amazing for us and i'm sure it's very different for you now rob but i think back then to us writing a great song was like climbing a massive fucking mountain do you know what i mean it was like oh imagine if we could write a great song and then you do and you're like fuck and then you're like oh imagine if we could actually write another great song but i think that I think what that did certainly was it shows you just how quick the process can happen when you're inspired. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you used to be inspired when we were all piling in practice room and fucking banging shit out at ear splitting volumes and you were coming up with these hyper <laughs> fucking amazing melodies. It was about changing that environment to to reinvigorate that inspiration, not only in you and not only in me, but you know, Phil and Stu, because as much as I say you know, we went away from Finland Stew and did this process. It was only in like a songwriting terms. And yeah, I would put I would put in these tracks together, but it was always with a view of, well, you know, that bit is would that bit's just to do until Phil gets to say, yeah. right, okay, well it should do this. And then it's exactly the same with the bass lines, do you know what I mean? Where I'd put a few loose structured in place. Stu came in and did absolutely unbelievable shit over, do you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, you know, like tracks like The Last One and stuff like that and and Vision. Um I love Vision. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love fishing. Um, but cold blood is a weird one as well because I, I mean, depends on where where you sit on stuff like this. But I've always kind of looked at society and felt really bad for people who do terrible things, and because I've, I've always been like, I've always just felt like, well, that could have just have easily been me if my life had been shit. Do you remember it was anyway. the Virginia Tech day, Rob? Do you remember it was the day? Oh no, is that what it was? That's why. Uh, we, that's why we wrote that song because we were yeah. we were. I was recording the acoustics and stuff and making a haunting sounding thing. And then it just mm. came on the news that the lad had gone, gone on the, um, the gun rampage at Virginia mm. tech university. can't remember how many people he killed, but the point being that that's, that's the energy we were working off. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you just sort of went off into that. And, and again, like I, I'm sure now a lot of people listening back, listening to Cold Blooded, will probably be like, I love this groove. And then they're going to hear this and hear, listen to that chorus and be like, oh, it's got, it's got a real haunting element to it now. But yeah, I remember, I remember that day vividly. Yeah. We, um, but we would like, me and you anyway, when we were talking, we've, me and you have always been, I've always said it like, been a little bit goth when we talked anyway. <laughs> like a little bit kind of, um, not like morbid is the word, but we've always been open to the idea of, you know. Darker concepts. 
Yeah, things that, you know, like we weren't ever afraid to talk about death and all that kind of stuff. And I've, like I say, I've always just felt, and it's, I know it's nonsense, but when you're young, it's, you know, you feel powerless if you can. You get to a point where you have to be able to look at the world and go, that's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But the, one of the things that broke me in my 20s is that I, I, I couldn't handle how painful the world was. And that was one of those things I was like, I, cause, and I could never understand, how could anyone just go and butcher a lot of people? That's fucking mental. Mm. And then, but then you, you know, you learn more about, you know, uh, mental illness and stuff like that. Or, you know, or just man's inhumanity to man in general. Yeah. yeah. And obviously it's not as simple as just what it seemed back then, but that's just, I've, I've always had a thing of fucking how surely we can help people like that. <laughs> just a blind kind of ignorance of, and, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, there's, that that that's a weird tune, um, and some of that I don't think I've ever really tried to do before or since. Mm. <laughs> I mean, but it seemed like an interesting experiment at the time. I think there's a I think there's, well, there was there's elements of that whole record where there's there's stuff that's just really different, but that just works so well. Do you know what I mean? Like like <laughs> Idol, like like Left Side. Um, yeah, it does, uh, absolutely. But Cold Blooded definitely one where it's it fits into that category of. Just having that real fucking haunting quality. That I think that 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 record kind of um, encompasses as a whole. Actually, it as it's got that that drive, but it's got it's kind of overwashed with like um, like darker themes. I think darker themes, mm, like yeah, like yeah. like you're talking about. Well, you know, like we were maturing as people, weren't we? And we'd been through a lot ourselves. And you know, there must have been an element from from certainly your point of view as well when you talking about writing lyrics when you're you're 18 20 um you know versus when you're you're 25 26 27 and beyond there do you know what i mean you're going to be you're going to be using a sharper mind aren't you? well hopefully you're going to be using a sharper mind um uh, well, I, it's it's it becomes more difficult to write personal lyrics as i as i've got older i can't remember the last time i wrote a song from a personal point of view it's fascinating that gen- gen- genuinely like my job is a storyteller now. I try to tell really simple stories. I'm not fucking Shakespeare. Don't get me wrong. Like just try and really tell interesting little stories about love or losing love or whatever sure. and try and get a listener's ear. But then it was about personal things. Like I wanted to talk about what I was going through and in an attempt to maybe someone else goes, Oh, I'm going through that too. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and hoping that they'd mirror that back to me and go, yeah, me too. And I go, thanks for that. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, but um, it's, it, as I got older, it become, became more difficult to not be a hypocrite. Because it's easy when you're young to look at the world and go, that's wrong. And then you like realize that you're just doing the same, you know, yourself. It's like, Oh, yeah, stupid. Yeah. Or you do, you, or you, you think something that you, kind of contradicts what you've been telling someone else about. It's, it's hard to not become a hypocrite as you get older. You know, it's like I fucking put my recycling out, but I've got, got this phone that literally destroys the Congo. It's like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm snookered. Um, so it's, it, it becomes more and more difficult as you get older, I think, to, to write from a personal point of view, especially like, and when you're young, it sounds, um, just from the people who listen, it sounds... Um, enthusiastic and engaging and then when you're 28 you just sound like you're preaching yeah that can that that switch can get flipped real quick and you never want to be that guy well you've always got you've always got to believe in it and yeah yeah and especially when you've got to get up on stage and like you expressed 
when you when you sing a song in the moment and it happens and it feels right versus when you try to recreate it seven months later or whatever it, you know it's a totally different thing in it and you, it, it can verge i remember that happening to me um in the swings of us doing tons of stuff in america you like you stood there one night and you're like i wonder how many times i've played long road <laughs> <laughs> Even just before it came out, how many times you'd have played it? The video, they recorded it, the demo before you went in and recorded it properly. When you were writing it, it's like, it's did, like. Did you find yourself playing it on in concert and being bored? Like she said, she didn't. Uh, Meanwhile, the crowd is like so hot. I remember, get, I remember like, like getting to the third song in the set list and be like, how long have we got left? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, forget another 14 songs. Hey, Brilliant. That's, 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 <laughs> that's when you know, that's when you know you're done. Yeah, well, I was just yeah. about to say. That's when you know you're done. I was just about to say. So many people would kill for to, to do what, what we were doing. And at that point, I, I was like, in, I'm out. When I saw you guys in Florida, I was like, I could, I didn't want you guys to end. I was like, oh man, I hope they play longer, longer and longer. And it's funny to think that you might've been there in, because, you know, it's the middle of Florida. You might've been like, oh, let's just hurry up and get this over with. Well, I mean. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not even from like a, it sounds really rude that when I think about the audience, but it's not even that. It's like, because when the audience turns up, like they, they almost must think this is their, their only gig. Yeah. But like when you're like three months or you do like two months with Coldplay, which is amazing again, not moaning, but then you go home for a week and then you do two, another two months with Incubus. Like halfway through that first month and with Incubus, you're like, like, what day is it? Like, <laughs> like you know, I've, 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 I've had these pants on for three years. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's honestly, it, like, it's no, it's no surprise that we all went a little bit mad because it's just not natural. It's just not natural yeah. traveling that much. I remember the pants thought just being like, well, it don't fucking matter, does it? I wake oh. up in a fucking bus. I got to sleep in a bus. Who gives a shit how long I've had my fucking pants? <laughs> At the end of the bottom of my, my bunk was basically my suitcase. I just like, I'd like sweating it in my clothes. I get absolutely swatted at night and slump into a bunk and then just go out of my clothes, push them all, kick them all down to the bottom of the bunk. And I get up in the morning and just go, which ones are not wet? (laughs) All that. Like, it's awful, absolutely disgusting. Like, we were so unhealthy on those tours. And I don't know, I just think, I think you've got to be of a certain mindset and you've got to be of a certain resilience. Like, you know, I was talking to a mate of mine today about people who have, who, who become successful at what they do at, at anything and can, and can remain there and become, and stay resilient and, uh, and not lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Not want to try and dominate and become super powerful if you're in, powerful if you're in business, not become too neurotic. If, if suddenly, if you're pops down, someone's talking about you in a newspaper or so-and-so reckons they're, they're going to have your baby. Like, must be so difficult. I mean, we even we we touched we touched that. We were never even that famous, to be no, honest. No, it was, I found it well hard. Um, but you know, think about you know Chris Martin, man. Is, you know, whether you love love or hate Coldplay, you have to have respect for the guys and the rest of the band. Their resilience and um, poise mm-hmm. at the very top for so long. Yeah. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Like it's so difficult to do. It really is. Um, and you got you can only salute that because they do a good job every time, they, and it helps if it's comfortable. That is a massive well, thing. If you I mean, same, nice th- same thing, though. you get massages every night. That's regardless, just cool. <laughs> regardless of how comfortable it is, I bet he's. I bet Chris Martin sung "Yellow" fucking 
how many times more than we play long road? Like, a <laughs> hundred times more yeah. than we play long road, and he he still gets out there and delivers it with that same. You know, it's that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a long conversation that I'm sure after a while you just become like a, a vague representation of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Going through motions, mm. which is which is maybe what you touched on in the end, how you felt mm. um, it became kind of going through motions. But I suppose to to go back to answering Pete's question, have you ever been bored on stage? Like you have to be really honest to answer that. I mean, don't think I've, I don't think I could ever say I've been bored um, because it's. I mean, for me, I'm I'm too like oh shit. Am I gonna do something wrong? I guess so. That always yeah. kept me enough yeah. on edge because it always felt like, um, always felt like a, it's hard to describe. Really, it almost felt like a physical like experience being on stage for us. It's not like you know. I imagine you know. No disrespect to Travis, but I doubt they come off stage absolutely fucking knackered. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like you, you, I never really don't think I really ever had time to be bored. But certainly you can get lost in your own because that's something that happened to me. I don't know about you, Rob, but I became detached from myself. So during a gig, I could be, I don't know, stood playing guitar for the music. And then at the same time, I'd be going, I'd be thinking about something entirely separate, completely <laughs> removed, completely removed and just going through muscle memory. Do you know what I mean? I'd be thinking about moments from my favourite films or something like mm -hmm. that. Or I'd have like quotes from my favourite films going through my head. Do you know what I mean? Just a total sort of being removed from the moment that's what happened to me so maybe maybe in a way i did get bored because i had to have this entire yeah, thing like going on in my head where i'm like oh, i'm gonna fucking watch last at my weekends tonight you're fucking right <laughs> <laughs> i i think for me whenever i were on stage it was very much about the best gigs and and they're in the moment and i'm not really thinking the hardest gigs are when you're a bit run down, you're ill, or, uh, and you're just, you just can't get out of your head. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I've got that note coming up next. Oh, fuck, you know, I've got that song to get through. Um, you know, like, there's nothing worse as a singer blowing your voice three songs into a, an hour and 45-minute set. Yeah, it's, the, it's literally the worst feeling in the world. Because you're like, I don't know what to do. I, listen, I don't know what to do. And I've got to pretend I'm enjoying this. And all I want to do is just crawl off and go to sleep somewhere and just be left alone. Like, that... You know, was that the lead mill? Was that the lead mill for you when that really happened? Do you remember? I mean, over and over again, it happened. For I, me. Remember, like, I remember most of the time, though, Rob, to be fair to you, certainly from my point of view, I'd be like, well, I know and he knows, but there's fucking a lot of people who don't know. But I think I remember one lead mill gig where it literally went <clears throat> and it was <laughs> on fucking third song or something and it literally yeah. went and you were like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. fucking hell, we are screwed here. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I, I'm not so bad now, but I used to be really kind of psychosomatic. I could convince myself of all sorts, you know, even, and sometimes you'd like, you, you could feel great before going on stage and your voice don't work. And sometimes you're like, I remember doing a gig in Australia and I'd be like, my, I warming up going, I, I can't even hit a note. I went on stage and you could sing fine. I'm like, what's this about? Yeah. Um, it's just a bit, a bit, I, being, like I, I, whenever someone handed me the guitar, I'm like, I'm fuck for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know when I put my note, my finger on that note, it's gonna, it's gonna sound like that note. Like it's, it's as rewarding being, being a singer, it, or it's so rewarding being a singer because the risk is so high that if you fuck it up, mm. like it, it, when you get it right, you're like, oh my god, thank God for that. This is amazing. Like, it's just that, it's, it's that trade of you know risk and reward, mm -hmm. um, which is why I. 
if I play live now, I'm just like that guy in the background playing guitar because I just want to enjoy myself anymore. I'm not. I'm done gambling, man. <laughs> I'm done gambling. I just want to be part of something cool and just jam along. Um, yeah. Do you find yourself mentoring now? Because I know you've, uh, you know, you got Harley, and uh, I know you, you're, you know, you're definitely still in the music industry with folks that are maybe, maybe younger or maybe just in, you know, just getting started. Do you find yourself being a, a bit of a mentor now at all? Yeah, if, if I don't like kind of put it out there as that, but if I find myself working with someone, someone asks me some questions, I'll just say like, you know, if you want to talk. Well, you've got you've got a lot of experience to draw on in that side, certainly yeah. from a, a singer's perspective as well. Yeah, I think it's I think my value when we're in the studio is not just as a writer. Like performing and vocal production is like something that I, I help out with as well. Um, you know, and if the singer's like, you know, not you know, if you say something like I don't know, if you sing in the words, this love is like a force of nature. And you're like, this love is like a It's like, no, 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 stop the fucking tune. You can't sing it like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to. I'm not having that. Yeah. Someone hears that. You can't sing the force of nature and not absolutely give it some. Um, so it's, it's about, it's a bit like acting. Not that I've acted, but I would imagine it's a bit like acting. You have to um, almost, or I like to visualize it as if how it is is how I'd say it if I was in an argument or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think about the tone of how I, of how I'd say it is how I try to sing it. And then it goes back to what you're talking about with inconceivable odds, where you know you were feeling it when you wrote it. That's why that was the best yeah. version. Yeah, exactly. You have to embody it. Yeah. yeah. For me, anyway, uh, it's it's a different experience when it's when when my body is in it. You know, like it's like anybody. If you can get yourself into a position where you feel good and you're motivated, it's much motivation. You you just perform better. Well, I mean, that is coming up to an hour, is that, mate? Um, but that has been fucking pretty pretty good. There's some awesome shit in there. Pete, did you have anything else that you wanted to sort of come at or anything like that? Yeah, I'd like to spend the next 30 minutes talking about No Danger and the best <laughs> song on the album. We can, do, we can do a bit longer if you want. I mean, what we can do until 10 if you want. Grab your guitars. Let's do a live version of Inconceivable Odds. <laughs> No, it's cool. And I want to feel it. I want to feel it. We, um, well, anyway, to get Rob out of a sticky situation of having to uh, fulfil all Pete's dreams of hearing every acoustic version of songs and all these sorts, of, and talking about no danger. But yeah, we're we're going to leave it there for now. Um, but yeah, really great to have Rob on again. Uh, give a bit more perspective on you know fucking music that you guys love to listen to. Uh, so thank you very much, Rob, for coming on again. Pleasure. Thanks again, boys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And um, you know. Let's do some more in the future. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to the Prom King, as usual, mate. (laughs) And thank you all you lot for listening. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Speak to you in a bit. (laughs) 